Uh, speaking of Nashville, that's where SEC Media Days is. And we're going to drop a little audio for our next guest, see what he thinks about uh, Jimbo Fisher talking about what he's going to do and what Bobby Petrino is going to do. I don't think anybody knows what anybody's going to do. But anyway, this is the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's going to be Blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. This is Jimbo Fisher yesterday at SEC Media Days. There's a lot of things, and you're still involved in what goes on. I'm not going to get into what we're doing, how we're doing it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I just don't want to create you, you create advantages or narratives out there for what goes on. But listen, I, Bobby was hired for a reason, and he's a tremendous coach and a tremendous guy and a tremendous uh, football mind, tremendous recruiting. He's done a great job recruiting since he's been there, uh, everything he does. And uh, you know, he'll call a lot of them. I mean, hopefully he'll call the game. We'll have suggestions on things we do, and whether it's offense, defense, every coach is always involved. That's it's a more collective thing that people want to give it room for. And then when, but when you get to call and you get on a roll, you got to have a guy that can do it. And I think Bobby can definitely do that as well as anybody in college football. <laughs> Tom Luganville joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Lugs, uh, who's going to call plays in College Station? <laughs> uh, Bobby Petrino, as long as everything's going well. <laughs> I mean, at, at the end of the day, Bo, um, and he is right, you know, and, I, and, and I've been a part of coaching staffs, and, and it is a collaborative process, and you are putting things together during the week. But at the end of the day, there, there kind of has to be one voice, right, that is leading the charge of how you're going to call the game, manage the game, what you're going to do on third and minus three, what you're going to do on, on second and plus eight on the right hash, like all of those sorts of things. And I think that the process throughout the week is very collaborative and you are going to come up with the ideas based off of what the opponent's doing that you think gives you the best advantages and the best matchups. But until you're in the fire, right? Until that game starts being played and whether momentum is going against you or it's going with you, or let's just say you stalled a little bit and you've had a three and out on two consecutive series, you don't know what the head coach is going to do, especially if he is a guy that's been accustomed to running the offense his entire career. So I, I think in theory and on paper, ideally, Jimbo envisions this as being Bobby's offense. And if I see something during the course of a game or I have a feel for something as the head coach, it's my right to chime in, give a suggestion, or even give a directive. And how that relationship works out, and I use that term on purpose, how that relationship works out is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, I, I think it's one of the most fascinating dynamics we're going to see in college football this year. Okay, so we know that coaches, the overwhelming majority of them, have very strong personalities. and strong. I mean, it's very rare, even the assistants, that you come across these guys that are passive. Uh, I mean, you know the right. drill, Todd. This is an alpha-led, yeah. driven deal, 100%, all the time. Um, and paranoia-led as well. I oh, guess. yeah, I've always said if you can get the <laughs> right combination of paranoid, hard-headed, and, you know, <sighs> paranoid, hard-headed, and driven then you you can get a a great coach but the these two guys are not going to change 
Hey, Jimbo's mid to late fifties. Bobby's older than that. I, they're not going to change at this point in in their career. So when the let's say the stuff hits the fan down in Miami, week two, yeah, then I think that's when we're going to realize exactly how this thing is going to play out and maybe how it could work or not work. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. It might be a little premature because, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, who you are and you got new terminology and you got a new approach and, you know, you're, you're shifting philosophies and, you know, there's no preseason games. Um, but I, I do think there's a certain expectation level with, with Texas A&M's talent, particularly within their receiving core, which is really, really good. Um, there's going to be an expectation to perform at a high level early. And I think a lot of that expectation comes from the fact that we've seen Jimbo not excel at adapting and evolving to the game. But we've also seen Bobby Petrino do just that. Bobby Petrino could go from Brian Brom and Ryan Mallett to Lamar Jackson, and he evolved. Okay, so... I think that because of that, and people have seen that, they're expecting maybe less of a learning curve. They're maybe expecting fewer potholes in the road. But the reality is it might take a few weeks. It might go go beyond that game. Um, But I think that uh, the whole thing, in my opinion, it it really is going to be based on how does Jimbo respond if you have a bad series or two. How does Jimbo respond if Bobby calls something on third and four and Jimbo would have called something different? Mm. What does he do? Like what, what type of friction, what type of conflict? Is it on the headset? Is it in the locker room? Um, can it be heard amongst the team, which is, of course is something you want to really avoid at all costs. Like what does Jimbo do? And I think that's what this whole thing kind of depends on. Okay, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Kind enough to uh, rearrange his schedule for us this week, and we're talking Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating stories, storylines, two successful men, driven men. Jimbo needs to win. Petrino's looking for one last reboot. I don't know where it could lead, but he knows if he has a big year and he does lead the offense, it could maybe lead to something pretty cool the next few years. Sure. Do you think it's dawned on Jimbo Fisher? Because Bobby Petrino's better than Jimbo Fisher as an offensive coach. Do you think that has do you think Jimbo Fisher has realized that in the last whatever it is, three, four, five months, as they've sat down and discussed Offensive philosophy or watch tape, Luke's with his ego. Absolutely not. I didn't think so. <laughs> um, but you, you do have to give him credit, just like you have to give Dabo Sweeney credit for the offseason move that he. Yes, made, that you know it, it. We're getting to the point now where it ultimately falls on the head coach. And in the and and I, if I'm going to preserve my own legacy or my own career or my my job for that matter, if things aren't going well or haven't been going well to the level that has been expected under my leadership offensively, you have to give Jimbo Fisher credit. And let me tell you something. 
He went out and he got a guy that is about as good of an offensive football coach as you will find over the last 25 years in college football. Yes. So that does tell, that does tell you that and, – and we're talking about two pretty combative at times personalities <laughs> on the same staff. And one of them is relinquishing the offense to the other. Now, think, just think about some of those personality dynamics there. I mean, there's, there's, there, there's a lot to that. So Jimbo Fisher deserves a lot of credit. Does that mean he thinks Bobby's a better coach than him? I don't know if I'll ever believe that. Okay. 